Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Something Random. This is your host, Jake Greenfield, fresh off a plane from Iceland. Uh, I, I said in the previous episode, you know, maybe I'd get to record uh, our next episode here on top of a glacier. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but I did get to go within one. So we'll be talking about that and a whole lot more uh, when it comes to the land of fire and ice, also known as Iceland. Let's get into it. What's that? What are you talking about? Whatever the hell I want, baby. In a world full of random occurrences, one man takes it upon himself to choose one and talk about it for 15 to 30 minutes. Welcome to Something Random. Yeah, so overall, trip was awesome. Uh, I had a very fun time, both, you know, just being a tourist and also learning about uh, the local culture there. But uh, overall, the thing that really just blew me away was how beautiful the nature was, um, be it, you know, massive glaciers, uh, the lava fields, uh, y- you name it. Um, so I, I guess we'll take this episode and break it into thirds here. Uh, we'll start off with volcanoes then move into glaciers and then last but not least talk about the beautiful aurora borealis or northern lights so i guess getting into it uh volcanoes first off uh we did go to this place called the lava center when we were there in iceland and we were able to learn a lot about the history of the island from a uh from a geological standpoint, as well as, you know, see some of the after effects of some of these volcanoes from uh, a nice informative video that we were watching there. So the the island of Iceland, uh, uh, you know, wasn't always there. It is similar to Hawaii in the fact that uh, it came out of the ocean, birthed from uh, you know volcanic eruptions. The difference is that whereas Hawaii, the hot spot is there, um, and then as the crust moves, you know it's created this kind of chain of islands. Uh, the hot spot in Iceland is sitting right under uh, a rift uh, between two tectonic plates. So instead of creating a chain of islands all that magma is being forced through that that rift and kind of spewing out onto the surface creating the island of iceland that we know today and yeah like the island itself may have appeared you know thousands and hundreds of thousands of years ago uh, but it's still expanding today Uh, there is roughly i believe they were saying two centimeters of a new land being created each year in that rift zone as the tectonic plates uh, move further apart. So the Iceland that I saw is is not going to be the same Iceland that you know my kids or, or their kids are, are going to see from one just a geological changing perspective there, but also uh, when we get into it, the, the glacier story will certainly not be the same uh, setup there. But sticking on volcanoes for now, there are a few different types of volcanoes found throughout the island. Um, they have 
obviously your classic stratovolcanoes, you know, the ones you see in movies. Uh, they also do have quite a lot of fissure volcanoes where there will be magma coming up, and instead of coming from one point, uh, like, you know, the typical volcano that we all imagine when we think about them it does kind of spew out uh, along like a fissure line uh, in multiple different places that's pretty common there as well there are also some volcanoes situated under glaciers so really kind of uh, bringing the name the land of fire and ice to a t right there Uh, and it has actually caused major issues when it has erupted. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what the name uh, of the specific volcano is, but there was an eruption fairly recently uh, that did cause some issues with flooding. So when the volcano erupts, it actually doesn't blow through the the glacier uh, entirely. It melts a ton of the ice there and creates a massive flash flood uh, that actually destroyed uh you know a bridge for uh, some farmers that would bring their product into town and actually had to go all the way around uh the, the island basically until that was fixed so these are incredibly impactful events these eruptions uh the one that i can think of that i actually heard about uh before you know i i'd gone to iceland was that eruption in 2010 where it it was just so bad from a projectile uh, standpoint. I think it's called tephra is the stuff that comes out there um, in the ash cloud. And it was blowing in the jet stream all over Europe. And they actually had to cancel a ton of flights um, due to lack of visibility and and issues with, you know, radar and, and other technical difficulties associated with that ash cloud. So it's, interesting how uh you know that one tiny island nation uh, in the north atlantic if if there's a volcanic eruption there it really can uh, have global uh impacts same could be said you know let's say god forbid yellowstone here in the u.s erupted that would certainly be a much larger scale uh you know volcanic eruption than what they had there in 2010 but still uh, another example of how these eruptions are not just local or regional impacts, they really can be worldwide. Um, I I guess I'm going to leave it there relatively uh, on the volcano part of this episode. Uh, I I guess one last thing is the beaches there, similar to Hawaii, they are black because it is all, uh, you know, lava flow that has been eroded down into uh, sand grains. It's not the same sand uh, or rocks that we have on our coastlines here in the continental U.S. So that was another very cool thing to see, and we can thank the volcanoes for that. But shifting gears here to the ice portion of this episode, uh, we can talk about glaciers a bit. So there are three main glaciers uh, in Iceland, And I actually did have the opportunity to go inside of one of them. And I I really am not even going to try and and pronounce this name right now. It would just be offensive to 
those who actually know how to pronounce it, but it begins with an L and it is uh, on somewhat the western side of the island, central west. Uh, it's a fairly long glacier and there is a man-made tunnel there on the glacier that you can actually go inside and they maintain it. So it's not, you know, like a natural ice cave or something that, you know, really could, well, obviously this could, you know, worst case scenario collapse or something, but it's much more stable given the maintenance uh, versus just something right there out of nature. And it was very cool to see, uh, had a great tour guide there kind of walking us through it all and giving us some interesting facts about, you know, just how long it really takes, uh, you know, snow to compact and then become part of the glacier. So basically, uh, all a glacier is, is just layers upon layers upon layers of compacted snow. Um, there's different types uh, of glacier or ice within the glacier, uh, like the younger ice is... Uh, not as acoustic, so it, it absorbs sound, uh, and that has to do with these air bubbles that are within it that haven't been compressed enough uh, to really be eliminated. So that younger ice, uh, we were walking through the tunnel. We actually, you know, had no echoes or anything, even though we were inside this confined space, and they actually had made. A little cathedral inside of this ice tunnel to you know have weddings at and everything but they had created it in a layer of ice where it was too young so you didn't have good acoustics and that's really what you need inside of a, a cathedral a temple anything so of course they uh, they did the next logical thing and just turned it into a bar and now they throw parties actually inside the glacier which i think is pretty cool they did end up eventually going down a bit further uh, in in the glacier to find that more elderly ice that has the better acoustics and created another little chapel there. And they do actually have weddings there. Um, that's pretty cool to me. I, I do think it would be certainly a one-of-a-kind experience. Uh, definitely would be interesting having to wear you know a big jacket instead of like a tux uh, for all the ladies there I'm sure they wouldn't be thrilled uh, or uh, you know they'd find some way to still have fashion in in the cold environment but getting back to uh, the ice story here the one thing that really was kind of upsetting to me was uh, we were walking through it and he was we got up to a point where they have a, you know, a picture of Iceland or the glacier itself at various points throughout time. And then, uh, you know, a forecast of what it will look like, uh, you know, 50, a hundred years down the line. And that it was all to do with like how much ice coverage there was based on where it is in modern day. So, it has already started to recede a bit. Uh, there were initial projections that, you know, in 150 years or so, uh, the glacier could be gone due to, you know, climate change. Um, but that has been accelerated. And, you know, the guy was telling us that he thinks 
based on estimates, you know, in the next 50 years or so, that whole glacier could be gone, which is pretty crazy. Um, just, you know, me standing there in this massive, incredible, uh, you know, piece of, of ice, uh, just a, an absolute behemoth and thinking, you know, this is not going to be here. Like I could come back in, in, you know, 50 years and this is not going to be here. That was, uh, a very sobering moment for me. And I, I honestly, it was, was really uh, upsetting. Uh, don't, don't really know what other word to throw out there, but that was just one thing where, as I alluded to earlier, you know, not only just from volcanoes creating new land, sh- shifting the landscape that way, you know, glaciers melting, that will greatly affect uh, the, the landscape of, of Iceland and also the world. I mean, it, it would definitely cause some level uh, of increase, uh, you know, should all the glaciers melt there. Also, Greenland, uh, the neighbor to the northwest, basically the entire country is an ice sheet. And the same goes for Antarctica. I mean, it definitely is uh, not a a great time to be a glacier, uh, at least, you know, in the coming years, if we don't get a handle on uh, on this climate crisis that we are currently embattled in. But then Donna more positive note here let's shift over to the final topic of conversation and talk about the aurora borealis so my dad uh, was the primary driver behind us going to iceland i was right there with him we both wanted to see the northern lights and a lot of people who do go to iceland go during the summer when it's you know beautiful and green and lush and i do actually want to go back and see it then because i can't even imagine you know the landscape being like that after seeing it just kind of like a desolate wasteland uh, similar to hoth in star wars or that uh you know frozen planet in interstellar that's really what it looked like at certain points uh you know throughout the trip just driving through the countryside but um we uh, went in the winter because we wanted to see the Northern Lights, and that's the only time you can see it, given that if you go during the summer, it is sunny the entire day, uh, full 24 hours of sunlight, basically. There may be you know, a twilight period where it sets briefly, but it's very similar to Antarctica in that regard, where you're basically in eternal sun. So uh, for us you know the forecast wasn't incredible uh it was pretty cloudy there but we were able to see it uh you know one night there and it was very cool uh you know for anybody who has seen it you'll you'll understand what i'm saying but if you haven't it really is something i would recommend uh, you try and go and do uh once in your life just seeing it, it, it almost appears like a palish cloud if you're not, you know, keen-eyed and looking for it. But it, it's definitely, you know, these particles, uh, you know, the supercharged protons and electrons coming out of the sun, hitting our atmosphere, and really just kind of spraying across the sky in, in almost like a wind-swept manner, and it. It was difficult to capture it really on 
film uh, just because it at least you know the lights that we saw they weren't overwhelmingly strong uh, i think it was only like a kp index of three and basically what that is uh, they just rank it from zero to nine you know zero not any shot no northern lights nine being holy cow uh, this is going to be pretty crazy so we were at a three nothing out of this world but that's you know the average forecast and they say that you should be able to see northern lights if you're in the correct locale which we were briefly i think we were out there for you know 20 or 30 minutes because it was absolutely freezing uh, even though we were bundled up still had a nice wind going um but it was you know pretty eerie uh, honestly i could only imagine what the first settlers up there must have thought you know hundreds uh, if not thousands of years ago uh when they didn't really have science uh, didn't understand why that was happening that it was you know the particles from the sun uh i i would have probably thought it was aliens or something like that uh it was very cool and uh i'll i'll leave it at that uh thank you guys for listening in to just a little recap on my trip from iceland hope you found some you know cool little pieces of information as well and i'll leave you with one last one here just a little fact that you know i i found stunning uh the country with the highest per capita energy usage in the world is iceland and you may be thinking to yourself why that makes no sense there's only you know 300 something thousand people there well that has part to do with it. Uh, there's a relatively small population and they also have only, uh, you know, renewable forms of, of energy, just a surplus of power. They use primarily geothermal, uh, just due to all the volcanic activity there and also some hydropower. So combination of those, it's really just free electricity, uh, and you don't have to be energy conscious when it's, you know, free and renewable like that. Uh, additionally, they are a fairly large producer of aluminum, which is a very energy intensive uh, activity. So that is just a cool little fact there I thought I'd leave you with. Uh, thanks again for listening, and I will be back either later this week or next. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.